It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, All right, we welcome you to episode number 315 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, a weekend edition into a Monday edition because the Redskins are on Monday night football, as we've talked about all week against the Chicago Bears kickoff right around 825 or so Monday night, Eastern time FedEx field. We'll have a new episode right after that game or as soon as we can after that game, win or lose. Uh, But Coming up on today's episode, we're going to hear from Redskins head coach Jay Gruden uh, updating the injuries and more, as well offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell and defensive coordinator, for now at least, Greg Minuski. So we have a jam-packed show. Just wanted to bring up uh, the Redskins held a little press conference today at Redskins Park, meaning Friday, um, in which they officially announced what we told you about yesterday, Special Olympics International has announced that Redskins Senior Vice President Tony Wiley has been named Special Olympics North America's new regional president and managing director. He'll start his position at the Global Special Olympics headquarters in Washington, D.C. on October 7th. Dan Snyder released this statement, quote, Tony has done a great job serving as our Senior Vice President of Communications for nearly a decade with us, I'm very proud of this tremendous accomplishment and being hired by the Special Olympics as their regional president, North America. Tanya, his wife, and I will always hold a special place in our hearts between our family and the Wileys. Tony will always be a member of the Redskins family. Uh, He said, um, you know, he went on and, you know, Tony obviously very thankful for uh, his time with the Redskins. Uh, Just congratulations, obviously, Uh, and again to Tony. um, Special Olympics is something very near and dear to my heart because, you know, again, I have a child with a disability, and even though he doesn't uh, always participate in Special Olympics programs, he does some, um, you know, anything that helps kids with disabilities and people with disabilities, uh, as Special Olympics uh, does, they have over 750,000 athletes in 21 countries. I mean, just think about that. Um, Just think about that. You know, that's a huge operation. And congratulations to Tony. He's going to do some good things uh, for them. So I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, and we will move on. Let's start with Jay Gruden, who met with the media on Friday afternoon for the final time this week. Uh, and 
We will have another injury report on Saturday afternoon, but for now, this is how we're operating and how we're looking heading into the weekend. Did not participate. Dunbar knee, McCoy fibula, McKenzie hip, Reed concussion, Nicholson and Davis, Robert Davis, uh, foot and knee. Uh, they were more rest than injured. Limited were Allen knee, and then everybody else was full. What did it mean to have Jonathan Allen back there today, and did uh, he look good? Yeah, he looked good. You know, I think uh, it's a good test for him today, and then tomorrow will be a bigger test. Um, I know we're not doing a lot of hitting right now, but uh, just getting him out there, seeing him move around, I think it'll, you know, dictate whether he dresses number one and how much he can play number two, you know. So uh, we'll have to figure that out tomorrow and Saturday, see how he's doing. Jay, how's the feel on um, Dunbar? Um, saw him over on the rehab area. Yeah, I, I don't know about Dunbar. You know, he's, he's struggling a little bit. Um, but uh, we have another day tomorrow, like I said, and Sunday. So uh, we'll wait and see. Hopefully uh, he feels stronger in that leg, can push off and, and drive and run. Uh, if not, then uh, probably be doubtful. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see tomorrow. Hopefully we'll get some good news tomorrow and he's feeling better. You've, uh, you've got the extra day. How do you plan on using that? Hey, we'll hit some situational work. It'll be good. Uh, some situations that sometimes get brushed under the rug a little bit when uh, you don't have a very long time. So, you know, you can always hit a lot of two-minute. You can always hit some more third down, some more red zone, uh, some end-of-the-game situation type things that are very good to work on. Jay, have you heard back from the league on any of the, the penalties from last week, and what did you think of what they had to say? Well, obviously you're disappointed when the answers come back and they're in your favor. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, some of the calls we ask about just so we're coaching the right techniques, making sure that, you know, we are right on some of them, and uh, we were, and, and some of them we learn from and make sure we understand what they're looking at and what they're going to call. But, uh, you know, it's a little frustrating when they come back in your favor. The ones you learned from, was there anything specific that was consistent that you can share with us? Uh, you know, not really. I think one of – the big question was one of Sheriff's holding calls. He had his hands inside and was locked on the guy, and, and uh, they called holding because he didn't let him go. And uh, we try to teach sustainability here with our technique, but uh, I guess there's a certain point in time where you have to let him go if the quarterback escapes the pocket. But that was the big one. Um, and they had a couple that were similar that we compared to that they did the same thing that weren't called. So we just got clarification on that. Uh, as you have these defensive injuries, do you guys reevaluate the complexity level of the defense, how much you do, how much you, you want to do? Yeah, fortunately, we had an extra day today, and, and we had some more time with, with Colvin. And, and uh, you know, he's getting more acclimated to the defense and getting Fabian back. Uh, hopefully, will help out quite a bit. Uh, he was full today. So you know, having him back at corner uh, will help out considerably with the communication and everything. Jay, you do a good job of uh, trying to keep everything on an even keel and going week to week. Facing 0-3, do you have to ramp that pressure up? Do the players feel it? Do you feel it? I think you have to feel it without a doubt. If you don't feel it, then you're numb and you're uh, not a football player. Um, there's nobody that likes to lose in this locker room. Not a lot has to be said when you lose one game, let alone two in a row in your division against the Cowboys and Eagles and one at home. Uh, we're already in a hole a little bit, so everybody understands there's a sense of urgency for sure. We also understand it's a dang good football team coming into our place. You know, a team that missed a field goal at the end it would have put them in the, uh, deeper in the playoffs. So uh, not going to be easy, but uh, we all understand the urgency for this one. Going back to the holding stuff, uh, holding's like way up across the league. Just Are you noticing more of an emphasis on that and uh, refs saying that they're uh, trying to obviously it's more of an emphasis because it's way up you know the last night's game I watched part of it and and uh, there was I don't know 30 of them in the first half I mean it was it's painful so uh, the emphasis is there and we have to understand that and we have to try to make sure we abide by the 
rules, which we understand the rules, but it's, it's, it's hard sometimes when people get disengaged and people start stumbling and falling and they think you're holding, but you're not, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to sustain a block, you know, especially when people are going lateral. Uh, so, you know, we just have to do a good job of, I guess, letting people go. And I, I, that'll really help our running game. You, you mentioned Monte getting a, a day of rest. I know, I know a few days ago he had some foot issues or any concerns. Yeah, he's about a little Sunday? sore. Uh, I think he could have gone today. We just want to take precautionary measures and make sure he had a good day today. Then tomorrow he'll get back out there. We'll have four or five uh, team periods tomorrow and, and uh, let him run around. I think he'll feel better tomorrow. And for him in general, I mean, after last year, obviously a, a rough year for him. What have you seen from him so far uh, to this point? Yeah, I think Monte's doing good getting back in the flow. Uh, him and Landon playing together has been good. You know, I think there's still some things we got to clean up with everybody on the defensive side for sure. But uh, I like where he's at and where he's headed. Uh, he's got a chance to be a special safety with a skill set that he has. He's long, can run, and he'll hit you. So uh, we just got to keep him going mentally uh, and physically has all the tools and get him in the right spot and right location and communicate. And you got a chance to be a really good one. How does Fabian look? Just Was he limited again? I can't remember. No, he's full. Oh, he's full. Okay. Yeah, yeah he looked good. All right, so that is Redskins head coach Jay Gruden meeting with reporters on Friday afternoon. Hey, guys, Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code Locked On. Back in a flash with Greg Minuski and Kevin O'Connell. That's next right here on LOR 315. Good to have you with us. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell, Locked on Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work, not to go to the store because you forgot something, but ready to go to the bedroom. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about. If you could benefit from a little extra function, fellas, and more confidence where it matters, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew. Is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, it is Chris Russell. This is episode number 315 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. This is going to be probably a little bit shorter than a normal. Let's go right back out to Redskins Park. Greg Minuski in the crosshairs. Certainly, no doubt about it, for the Washington Redskins after his team and his unit has given up 31.5 points per game through the first two weeks. Will they get Jonathan Allen back? Let's hear from the Redskins defensive coordinator. I uh, just uh, the frustration is is some, we're coming out good, we're playing good, and then all of a sudden we kind of lag off. And uh, we got to play better each and every week. You know, I think uh, we have a lot of young players, and I think um, overall, just from a, um, just playing together and, and, and playing together is the biggest thing. And we got to coach better, we got to play better, and uh, I think that's the best thing that I could say. With with the obviously, there's been a lot of focus on the pressure or lack of it at times and all that. What more can you do as a coach, whether it's the, you know, the blitzing, the stunning? Is there more that you would want to do there, or is there something that you just like what you're doing, you just got to get better at it over here? I think uh, you know, we have to get after the quarterback better, of course, with a four-man rush, five-man rush, or, or zero. You know, from my standpoint, um, I, I think uh, overall, you know, we got to get in the positions where we're able to rush the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? In third-down situations, especially third and seven-plus. You know, and we got to get in those situations. It's hard in third and one and third and twos to call a pressure because the ball's coming out so quick. So, you know, across the board, I think we got to do a better job of getting after the passer with a little bit of pressure here and there, and then oh, ultimately, you know, trying to sack the quarterback. And then in the in the run game, there are a lot of times you look at those cutback lanes and there's like yep. big gaps. What's going on there? I just think the linebackers got to wobble a little bit back and forth. You know, what I'm saying from our standpoint, uh, you know, we got to coach it better. And uh, we got to play it better because we knew what they were doing. How big of a loss has this John Allen injury been for you guys? Well, I, it was, a, I think, a big loss. But, you know, one of our starters, the captain of uh, basically the defense as well with Ryan Kerrigan, uh, a guy that's out there every day giving all his might every single play, uh, playing hard. So, you know, even, you know, even this past Sunday, I know we had three starters out, but I'm just saying we got to play with the guys that we have. So it's important that we get him back, and hopefully we will this week. Have you been surprised at all by the, by the drop-off when he's not in the game? Yeah. I mean, he is a big player, a big player from Alabama that has played in a lot of games, and uh, hopefully he's up this week. Has the newness of the, a lot of the players here, some of the rookies that you're starting and, and some of the new guys, has that limited your ability to do more things and disguising defenses and doing some blitzes and stuff? Well, I think, you know, overall, I think, you know, going through training camp, going through OTAs and going through all those uh, periods that we went through, and especially during practices for the first couple of weeks, uh, we're trying to get them in the, the basic defenses that we normally play. But then you had to throw a couple of things that you actually want to, you know, get to. And uh, some of those guys are new. And then all of a sudden they have to be put in a position where they have to play. So you got to cut back a little bit. So, yeah. Greg, uh, how would you evaluate the performance of Montez Sweat through two games, what he's done well and, and what you want to see more of going forward? Yeah, I'd just like to see. For, with Monte, I think uh, any young guy that comes into the league, 
you know, they're used to offensive tackles. They're not used to Pro Bowl tackles, you know. So from that standpoint, yeah, he's got to get off the ball. He's got to make sure that he, you know, has a, a great angle to the uh, quarterback and then try to defeat the, the tackles that he has. You know, overall, you know, he's got to get better. I got to coach him better. Chad's got to coach him better. So we'll see where it is. Any specific areas in terms of maybe like the hand placement or just get it, like getting off the ball, anything like that? Yeah, I think that's the most important thing is getting off the ball is the biggest thing is, you know, see the ball snapped and then let it fly. Greg, when you were – we were looking at some of the, the run fits and the things you were talking about with John, the, those big cutback lanes, you see the difference with a guy like Landon versus, say, Monte doing it. And obviously that's why Landon just got paid all that money because he's elite in that area. But how much of that is coachable versus instinct versus – like how, how, how much can you close the gap between – what a guy like Landon well, I, does and, and other players. Well, I think more than anything, Landon's an instinctual guy. He knows exactly where things are going. He has a feel for the game, which is outstanding. And I got to put him in positions where, you know, he excels. And uh, I think across the board, I have not. I think we got to do a little bit better job of trying to get him in those positions to excel. And do you, do you think it's possible to teach other guys some of the things that he is already doing well? Yeah, of course. Surprised by these second halves of these first two games? The way. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we start out good and then all of a sudden we kind of taper off. You know, each week it's always a different game. You know, we, I always tell the guys we got to play 60 minutes. You know, it's not 15 minutes, it's not 30 minutes, it's not 45 minutes, it's 60 minutes. And that's what we got to play from the start to the finish. We got to play that way. All right, and that's Redskins defensive coordinator Greg Minuski right here on LOR. 315. Let's take a quick break. Back with Kevin O'Connell next on LOR. What's up, guys? It's Chris Russell here. You know what? We all love a good night out, right? Who doesn't? Whether it's seeing our favorite band, group, artist, or our favorite team, wherever it might be, whenever it might be. And now you can have that experience with the Vivid Seats app and the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets to all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all with the Vivid Seats app. And again, the loyalty program allows fans to earn credit back. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program and will enjoy credits on all of their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Reward Program. Every seat, every purchase backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime, guys. Do it right now. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100 at the Vivid Seats apps. Go get it now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, it is Chris Russell with you. Back to Redskins Park we go. We're coaching against the Chicago Bears. Kevin O'Connell will be doing that. Offensive coordinator for the Redskins. He met with reporters on Friday. Kevin, the run game hasn't been what I imagine you guys want it to be. How does that change going up against a really tough Bears defense? Well, I think you said it. I mean, the first two defenses we played, 
um, playoff defenses that that stop the run and we you know we we go into a plan each and every week to run the football and, and have our offense be kind of complementary off of the run game uh, but sometimes you know in the course of a game you, you have to change your plan and try to take advantage of what's working that day but there's no question we want to continue to uh, you know run the football we feel great about our offensive line and our running backs and and, and the scheme going into these football games. And, and this Monday night will be the same thing for us. We're just playing a really good defense uh, like we have the first two weeks. A great front, strong, fast on the edges, fast at the linebacker position. Uh, but like I said, very stout up front. So you really have to be tight with your plan. Um, and then the, we got to go out and execute uh, playing and play out and, and continue to avoid penalties, avoid the negative plays, and stay ahead of the chains. With the success cases had even moderately early on here are, are you willing to kind of to your point just you know what the run's not there let's go the other way no I think you always want to be balanced and and really uh, case probably be the first one to tell you his job gets a lot easier when the run game's going and, and we're in a lot more third and two and threes than third and nine or tens and, and that's always the plan for everybody going into the game is to stay efficient on first and second down whether we're running the football or we're trying to utilize the quick game the screen game uh, RPO game whatever it may be um, just to continue to be efficient early on in the downs which will lead to more plays more third down conversions and then us out allowing us to get deeper into our playbook or our plan uh, for that individual game but by no means are we uh, you know panicking from from the run game standpoint uh, it's just a matter of it continuing to attack the plan each and every week and and trusting that you know we're gonna we're gonna be able to move the football case was kind of beating himself up a little bit the other day about some of the throws that were missed yeah. you know the couple to McLaren and and the Paul Richardson one I mean how much when you go back do you sit there and kind of harp on that or do you move on from that or what do you what do you do in the days after with those it's just schematics you know looking at the coverage why maybe we missed it what what was the confusing nature of the play? Sometimes you got to give the defense credit. People see people running wide open, but it is not seven on seven out there. There is a pass rush. They are coming, and and you know, Case does a great job not taking a lot of sacks. Uh, he's been he's been really really good about getting rid of the football, finding completions, being aggressive with his feet and and his eyes. But sometimes he you know can get through a read pretty quick, and and if he does miss you know, a defensive missed assignment and we've got a couple guys wide open or the intended scheme of the play comes wide open. We go back and watch it. Just make sure we're covering all of our bases. So if it happens again, we're ready to take advantage of those those plays. Is there a silver lining too, and even in the start of this, that you are getting some of those plays that open that, you know. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Is there there's a silver lining in oh, the start yeah. of the season that those plays are getting open and yeah, maybe you're missing them, but there are some pretty significantly open plays out there. Yeah, we're just, we're trying to always, you know, our, our goal every single week is to work very hard to get his first or second progression open so he can, like I said, be aggressive with his feet and eyes, have a great feel for what we're trying to get accomplished on a play, uh, make sure he knows clearly what the objective of the, the play is. And then, uh, you know, once again, the forgotten element of all of it is making sure the protection's good. He's done his job with his calls so that the line's in the best possible situation to protect him. And then, the, you know, the, the routes and the footwork and the timing, all those things we work incredibly hard on. So when Sunday or Monday night rolls around, he feels really, really good about what we're trying to do. Kevin, you mentioned the quick game uh, to kind of complement some of the run, the, those early down runs. How much, how valuable does that become when your traditional kind of AP first, second down runs aren't necessarily hitting? How much can you lean on that and kind of use that as an extension of the run game? That's exactly what I was going to say. Is it's it's the phrase. It's 
it's a very well-used phrase by you right there. It's an extension of the run game. You know, if you can put your back foot in the ground and throw Terry McLaurin, McLaurin or uh, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, or get our tight ends or running backs involved in the quick game, uh, that's really what you're doing. You're staying ahead of schedule, getting yourself into manageable downs. And the statistics might not look like we ran the ball or maybe the attempts weren't there, but I know sometimes you have to, and I think Coach Callahan would agree, you have to use the quick game and the screen game as extensions of your run game, uh, especially against really good defenses that aren't going to just give you, you know, the first and second down runs that you maybe wanted going into the game. And then, Kevin, uh, with these first couple games, Terry McLaurin has been that deep threat. So how has that affected the role of Paul Richardson? And you know, what, what are you hoping to see out of him both Monday night and going forward? Well, I think Terry's role and Paul's role, you know, as the X and Z, they're clearly defined. You know, we have the formations uh, that we do to be able to line everybody up just about anywhere on the football field, slot, outside, you know, all the receivers over on one side, uh, the tight end on the other, whatever it may be to help the progression. Um, but Paul absolutely uh, is, is right there. I mean, we mentioned a couple of the plays on third down that we had him, um, as well as some of the first and second down shots we want to take. Uh, he's very much involved in all of those plans, as well as Trey when we're in our three wide receiver packages. It's just a matter of plays. I really think it all comes back down to the volume of plays we can run in a football game. If we're in the 50s, you know, before in, going into the last game, I think we were down in the 40s before that last two-minute drive. We need to get up into the, you know, the low 60s or high 60s, early uh, low 70s, and the volume of plays come off the call sheet where the distribution of the football will happen. But um, no, Paul's been Paul's been great. Both the, both 17 and 10 are flying down the field, uh, putting stress on the defense. A lot of what Terry's been able to accomplish is because of Paul uh, doing his job really, really well on the other side as well. Uh, Jordan's been out for a while now. Uh, have you envisioned what he would bring, obviously, to the offense and, uh, and how much pressure he would take off these young receivers? I have because we had, we had him in Richmond. You know, we had him throughout that time where we were kind of in the growth and the development process of this offense. So um, I think we all know exactly kind of where he fits in this system. Um, what uh, the versatility and the, and the things he can do for the other people in our offense around him, as well as help out the quarterback being the target that he is. So, no, we, we feel really good about that plan uh, when we get Jordan back. Um, but that's obviously uh, something that we let the medical staff and, and Coach Gruden and everybody focus on. Uh, we're just trying to make sure for Monday night we're ready to roll, and, and we feel really good about it. All right, and that's going to do it for us right here on LOR. I'm Chris Russell. Have a great rest of the weekend. We'll be back after the Monday night football game between the Bears and the Redskins. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.